Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. On the Sirius XM app, hear the most in-depth Carolina Panthers coverage anywhere with Believe in Carolina Panthers, part of the Believe Podcast Network on Sirius XM. Hear from me, Desmond Johnson, and my co-host, Skylar Callahan from Sports Illustrated, and Panther great Jonathan Stewart as we break down the Panthers before and after every game through the NFL season. Your team, your podcast. Search B-L-E-A-V in Carolina Panthers on the Sirius XM app, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you believe? The catch is made by DJ Moore. Still going across midfield. Inside the 40, the 30. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And welcome into a Friday edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast live here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel, Facebook Watch, and, uh, of course, across the Believe Podcast Network, Desmond Johnson here with you. Skylar Callahan, freshly tanned, back from his uh, honeymoon with his uh, beautiful uh, now wife. I was about to say fiance, uh, but back in the house. Uh, we're missing our third, uh, Jonathan Stewart, uh, the all-time leading rusher in Carolina Panthers history. He had some work he had to do over at Bank of America Stadium all day today, so he was unable to join us. And we knew we had to get this episode out today. The Carolina Panthers victorious. It's a victory Friday. Uh, 25 to 15 winners over the Atlanta Falcons last night. The only primetime game the Panthers have on their schedule this year uh, on Amazon Prime. Uh, it was a wet game. Uh, the remnants of Tropical Storm coming in throughout the game. It got messy throughout. Skyler was at the stadium, so he'll give us the lowdown on what he saw. We'll give you our pros and cons from what we saw from last night. Uh, Stu, I got to give Stu credit. He Well, he picked 10 game winner for us, and we'd have to win out to get to that point. But uh, he has been – he, we did. We both picked us to win this week. Um, okay. And actually, my my score was close. I think I picked like 20 to 10 or something like that. I thought it was going to turn into a rock fight due to the weather, and it kind of did. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. I saw a couple of things, though, that make me a little worried uh, going – well, maybe not worried, uh, curious about what's going to happen here going forward. Um, normally, it's tell them why you're mad Thursday. We'll kind of simmer on that because we're actually in a pretty good mood this Friday with uh, <laughs> the third victory uh, post day of the season for us and the Carolina Panthers uh, fan base. I know everyone's excited about all of that. Before we get into uh, the nitty gritty of everything, though, and of course, it's open mailbag. So you can actually ask us questions about the game, things that you saw uh, during the game, and we will respond uh, to those uh, like Michael Widrick here. I'm glad we won that game last night. So are we, because it would have gotten really uh, sticky around here if we had uh, not won that game last night and dropped two and eight on the season. We'd had a whole different set of uh, questions for, <laughs> for today's show. We're sitting here on the draft network. Uh, yeah. <laughs> CJ Stroud, come on down. So like, we, we can delay that another week. Yeah, we can delay that a little bit. Um, before we get into anything else, though, a quick word from our sponsors over at Bet Online. Football is back. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, uh, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. 
Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. And where we start today, Atlanta Falcons fall to the Carolina Panthers. 25-15 to was the final score. Uh, Carolina pretty much in control for most of this game. I thought the defense really showed up uh, last night. We'll go through the box score, uh, some stuff that we noticed uh, from the game last night. But just starting off, Skyler, um, give me a name of a player, first name off the top of your head that stood out to you last night uh, that allowed Carolina to get this win. I mean, I, I, it's got to be Deontay Foreman, right? I mean, yeah. the dude has just been phenomenal. Three 100-yard games in the last four weeks. And I think really kind of what what makes it even sweeter is that, like, the Panthers were able to trade Christian McCaffrey, the guy that – everyone was like, oh, my gosh, there goes the offense. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Deontay Foreman's like, hold on a second. And he's come in, he, he's ran well. And as we've talked about many, many times before, we knew the talent was there. And we were kind of questioning earlier in the year why he wasn't getting looks. Now, again, I, I, I get you want to get McCaffrey the ball, but Deontay Foreman is just a different type of back. And to have that kind of guy that you can lean on and just absolutely wear defense down with, that's that's a very difficult thing for uh, for an opposing team to handle. So, and we saw that last night. But outside of Deontay Foreman, I got to give my props to Johnny Hecker. Like that that guy has been just phenomenal, and maybe one of the underrated signings that the Panthers had this past offseason. Because if you remember, the, the punting situation last year was not very good. They brought in. Uh, Lachlan Edwards at one point didn't do all that great. They had they had a couple of guys back there, but you got an, an all decade punter, and he's literally helping them win games. He pinned two punts inside the five. Sam Franklin down one, maybe both of them actually. Now that I think about it, but I, I think really last night it maybe it maybe wasn't their most complete game as a team, but there was a lot of complimentary football played last night. Yeah, I would agree with that. It, it felt like one of the first times all year, other than the Tampa Bay game, where it felt like they were conscious of what the other side was doing and they were kind of feeding off each other. And I don't know what the hell happened last week. Um, <laughs> the whole team just felt flat, like from beginning to end. I didn't catch that vibe Thursday night. Like it felt yeah. like, you know, they they understood the assignment. They realized what was in front of them. And honestly, and I've been telling Panther fans this, you got to kind of wash the whole start out of your mouth, like the whole one and five thing, because it really doesn't matter at this point. Like it's pretty much a fresh season. It, well, three and one in conference play or division play. They're two and three under Wilkes, but they could easily, very easily be three and two. Yeah. If, if he makes one of those two kicks, I mean, it's a whole different ball game. So, I mean, there's still a lot of season left to be played. And and like we we talked, I think a couple of weeks ago. You look at that, that the schedule in December, there's a couple of opportunities to win some games and get on a little bit of a heater. You got the Steelers, the Lions, the Seahawks. Like, there's a chance that they can catch fire there. I, I would say that, too. Actually, I think the toughest game they have left on their schedule is this upcoming sun, well, next Sunday against the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Like, yeah. once you get past that, it kind of looks out like – Denver's beatable for sure. Yeah, I, I know Stu's waiting on that. Oh, week. Yeah, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a fun week. <laughs> we had him on tell him about like three of the past like five weeks. So we got that date circled. Um, we know we're gonna see Tom Brady again. Uh, we're done with the Falcons for the year. You got to see the Saints again, and yet the rest of the teams. I think at the beginning of the year when we looked at the schedule, we were like, eh, I don't know. But now that we've played some games, none of those games seem like daunting. Even the Ravens game, 
doesn't seem that daunting. It's just a matter of figuring out how to contain Lamar. Um, for me, going back to the original question here, uh, one of the guys that I, I was going to pick, maybe like Terrence Marshall Jr. or someone like that. Terrence Marshall Jr. really only had that one uh, catch for 43 yards that uh, looked really good in the rain, breaking tackles, spinning and doing all that other stuff. I'm going to go with Derek Brown. Um, yeah. Derek Brown, he is – he. I don't want to jump the gun here, but I can't go think – Go ahead and jump it. <laughs> I can't. Can you name three defensive tackles better than Derek Brown right now that you would take? So like Aaron Donald, and then Rita Vea maybe, maybe. I mean Brown would this, have youth. This I mean, year, I, I'd say you could argue Derek Brown's right there with Vita Vea. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it, it, he the past couple of weeks, especially, he's yeah. almost unguardable. Like he had a play. I don't remember when it was in the game, but as soon as I said, people are going to know because they showed it on the replay where. He tosses this dude aside on the offensive yeah, line. Yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah. He just went whoop and just threw and he took off running after uh, Marriott. I was like, "Oh, we're here now." So this is where we're at. We're at this part of uh, Derek Brown's career where maybe he starts putting it all together. Like it felt Warren Sappish watching him last night and last week and the Matt, week before. Matt Ioannidis too. Um, he was getting like held. <laughs> yeah. back, so back. Much. He should have either had sacks or TFLs and got held. And, again, when you have somebody like Matt Ioannidis, who has been one of the better pass interior rushers, better interior pass rushers in the NFL when healthy, next to Derrick Brown, that's why Derrick Brown is having so much more success this season because there's more respect to that guy that's lining up right next to his, his right side or left side. Yeah, I agree. Spectator mode enabled. What up, boys? Good win. I love certain pieces of this team, and I'm very excited for our future. I think – we are too. Uh, I've been seeing all these people kind of like, oh, you should have took the deal for Brian Burns. The Rams had it was two oh, first round picks in a second. Like that, the first round picks didn't start to what, like 2025 or something like that. It was like two years away, three years away. That's not going to help today. That's not going to help at all. And I think I'd rather have a known commodity in Brian Burns than two first round picks because we don't pass know. Rushers, pass rushers are so hard to find, man. Like, yeah. There's just certain positions like when you find a guy, you've got to be able to keep him. Left tackle, even right tackle, I think you could make an argument. Quarterback, obviously, and pass rusher. Outside of that, I think you can look at replacing just about any position because they're all fairly replaceable. Maybe corner, but like safeties are just about as invaluable as a running back is. Wide receiver, I know you'd like to have a DJ Moore or, you know, know, Debo Samuel or something like that, but – even receiver, like you can kind of get away with it if you have a really good quarterback. Yeah, I think I think quarterbacks make wide receivers look a lot better than other way around. Every once in a while, you'll have a a wide receiver that can make quarterbacks look good, like a Tyree Kill um, can make you know Tua look like an MVP candidate. Yeah. You know I mean, <laughs> like Tyree Kill's on the pace for two thousand yards. Like he he's he's different. He's just a different dude. But then uh, quarterbacks typically like a. That was a debate I always had about Aaron Rodgers. Is Aaron Rodgers making these wide receivers or are the wide receivers making Aaron Rodgers? And I don't know because he doesn't have any wide receivers this year and they're struggling. Like they're about to lose their sixth straight game against the Cowboys this week, uh, this weekend coming up here. So uh, spectator mode with the question here. Do you feel like Foreman's a true number one uh, running back? I would assume he has some special runs lately. I do. Um I think it depends. It depends on the running style you want to run with your offense. If you want to run like we've been running like this, we were me, you and Stu were talking in the group chat last night during the game, and uh, we were talking about how they were co- committed to the run last night, and they definitely were. They ran for 200 and 
where is it? 232 yards total. Foreman had 130 of those with a touchdown. It felt violent last night, like their running style. Like it felt like their goal was to establish that from the beginning. And the offensive line was just running into the defensive line and pushing them back. And then you got Foreman coming through there at 230 plus pounds. And it felt like he was looking for contact when he got to the line, like, cause he would build up steam and just like get in there and just go. And they ran so many draws like up the middle, just trying to establish that. And over time, I think it chipped at Atlanta uh, to a certain degree. Cause I guess you could say Grady, uh, Grady Jarrett's their best player on defense. And it felt like they were going right at him. Like there was going to be no left, right trick plays, any of this other stuff. We're just going to run it up the gut, right up their, their throat. And they're going to know what we're doing. It's raining a downpour. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, the, the PJ Walker, uh, starting stuff still going on. He was 10 for 16 last night for 108 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, took a sack. Uh, I think he had seven hurries. I think that's what that is there. And um, yeah, the, those two plays he should have had. I, I guarantee he would want that back. The sack and the, the dang near close interception. The sack. Ooh, yeah. The it, it was a quick, short hitch, probably like a four or five yard hitch from DJ Moore. It was wide open. He clutched, and he's even if he still threw the ball, he probably would have got a completion. And for whatever reason, he didn't get the ball out, took the sack. The close to the, the ball went right through Hall's hands. Should have been an interception. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and I still have yet to go back and watch the the all twenty two yet. But as soon as that comes out, um, I'll be all over that because I, I want to go back and watch that play because it looked as if Sullivan and Moore, I believe it was Sullivan. Um, we're both kind of running similar routes. Just more had more depth on his route than Sullivan. For whatever reason, PJ took that shot and completely just missed Sullivan. I mean, he was wide open. Yeah. It may have been a touchdown, may have been close to a touchdown. Oh, I remember now. Yeah, because they were both kind of running. Yeah, because uh Moore had the deeper one and uh the other guy had the shallower route, but it was almost the same route. They were just kind of running exactly. across them. Yeah, I remember what you're talking about but, now. He was I, I don't understand how even if he's looking in that direction, how you miss Sullivan. I mean, he's literally right in front of you. So you know, like, I, maybe I, tunnel I, vision. Maybe it's like he knew he was going to DJ the whole time and just didn't bother yeah. to look at the other targets. So that's, I mean, because you're right. He was like right. Th- he had to throw it over him <laughs> to get it to DJ Moore. Exactly. So, so uh, <laughs> and then the very next play is the one where Tommy uh, Tremble just wasn't even paying attention, hit him in the elbow. And then oh my gosh. that, you know what, that, uh, we weren't even going to really do this today, <laughs> but no, I got yeah, to put that in Yo, there. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. Tommy Trimble, what are you doing? Like, he wasn't even looking at the quarterback. Like, it was almost like he was <laughs> like he was trying to run off the field. I was there watching them. I was watching that play on replay like this. Like, what are you doing, Tommy? Like, you're not even looking at the quarterback, and he would have probably caught it and hit him in the back elbow. He, if he had been looking, he would have been turned that way. Yep. It had been 10 plus yards. Tommy Tribble, man, I try to, I try to, you know, defend you, dude, and <laughs> you do stuff like this to me. Come on, man, like you can't do that in all black, I, dude. Listen, you can't do I, that in all black. <laughs> I, I really hate to say this, but it's getting, it's getting close to that point in Tommy Tremble's development. Like, is he becoming another Ian Thomas, a guy mm-hmm. that we knew coming in would block very well? They, they, they said that the receiving end of it would come and that he's made strides, but I haven't seen it. We just haven't seen it. And I forgot, I forgot Buddy was on the team. Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> at some point, like, 
are you going to have two like blocking tight ends and no receiving tight ends? Because we haven't seen that. And Ben McAdoo loves to run his offense through the tight ends. And mm. that hasn't happened. So I, I don't know. But um, I want I, I want to give credit to, to Steve Wilkes, a little helmet sticker to Steve Wilkes here, because you go back and watch this offense the first four or five weeks of the season before he took over compared to what it looks like now, and it is night and day. Yes. And it's almost as if Steve Wilkes has got his, his hands all over this and said, hey, Ben, let's let's be smart with, with how we're going to approach this and, and understand our personnel because it's almost as if, like, Matt Rule was trying to, to do stuff with this offense that it just simply can't do because of the personnel, right? Yes, yes. They, they were trying to still pass the football and still be a balanced team. Steve Wilkes looks looks at this roster and goes, look, man, I, I got a four-string quarterback. I've got a horse in the backfield and Deontay Foreman, and I've got five guys up front that I trust and a defense that if they don't have to play 70 to 80 snaps, we can win with. Mm-hmm. Well, let's shorten this game. And I think when you do that, you're going to give yourself chances to win. You're not going to win pretty. You're not going to win 38 to, to 23. You're not going to put up 400 yards of offense a game. Not every team is the Chiefs, you know, like, and that's okay. Like, we don't have to be ways to win games. Yeah. It doesn't have to be sexy. And that's what Steve Wilkes is doing. He's shortening the game and just absolutely wearing out the other team's defense. And I I love this style of football. Um, Maybe it's not everybody's, you know, calling card, but I I think for, for Carolina, this is exactly what they need to do because they don't have that premier quarterback. They don't even have a top half of the league quarterback. So this is what they have to do to win games. We're going to talk about the quarterback situation here in just a bit because it might get sticky this week uh, going forward. You're just now joining us. Uh, Jonathan Stewart's normally with us. He's out today. He had some work he had to do over at Bank of America Stadium. Um, and actually, he'll be out next week because next week is his wedding anniversary week. So he's going to be traveling uh, with his wife and everything else. So he'll be gone. Skylar will be in with uh, with me uh, next week. We probably will be back till maybe midweek next week with the preview episode because this is kind of taking the place of uh, Monday. So we get a couple days off ourselves here to enjoy the victory uh, brought to you by bet online here. Well, not the victory, the, the podcast um, <laughs> spectator mode enabled says Desmond spot on the running game was violent last night, but also credit to the O-line. There's definitely room to improve, but I'm proud of our O-line this year. I think they're the group that's improved the most uh, from what, last we say, year. what do we say? Top 10 potential offensive line. And I, Hey, the proof is in the pudding, man. They're, they're running the football right now at a clip. If you take out last week's game, which just seems like a an anomaly, yeah, I, I don't know what happened last week, and we said that in the podcast, we had no answers for what happened <laughs> last week. But if you take that game out, the Panthers have to be averaging like 180 something yards on the ground three of the past four games, considering they got over 230 something this one, and they were at like 170 coming into it. So I love it. I, this is what we wanted. We wanted them to take advantage of what they had. I- You've got all this stuff to run the ball with, and you're trying to throw it 45 times a game with Baker Mayfield and RPO. Like, it didn't make any sense. So I'm not I'm not sure who asked the question about Deontay being a true number one back, but I, I do want to ask you this, Des. At the end of the season, Deontay Foreman is going to want some money. Mm-hmm. How much are you willing to pay him? How old is he? That's a good question. I want to say like 20 – he's probably the same age as Christian. So about 26 or so. Um, yeah, I throw some money at Deontay. Uh, not a long-term deal or anything being running back. Two-year, three-year deal. Give him some guaranteed money. 26. Uh, he is 26. 26. Okay. I'd give him a 
Two year, would you be cool with a two year 14 million or is that too much? How much of that's guaranteed? Oh, because that's that's what I look at. Like, yeah. that's the money that, that really matters. The rest is just for the press and agents and stuff to, to cheer about. But two years, I mean, we were paying Christian what 12 million or something like that, and he was doing basically two roles running back and wide receiver when he was on the field. I would be comfortable giving Deontay if he's gonna run like this. Say he does this for the rest of the year and he finishes over 1,500 yards, which in theory he could do uh, if he did this for the rest. He's got seven more games. And if he's running at 150, 130 yard clip in each one, he's going to get past 1,000 yards at least. Say he finishes the year with 1,300 yards and he didn't even play like the first six games of the year, really, because McCaffrey was here and Rule was here. I think you do got to offer him something. Uh, Maybe three years, 25 million with about 15 guaranteed. So he's about 5 million per, uh, cause he's still going to be, sh- it's going to be a platoon. He's still going to share it with whoever else they're going to have back there. They're not going to do a one back Derrick Henry type thing. I don't think. Um, but with the work they put into the offensive line, I think you almost have to, at this point, you just traded off McCaffrey. <laughs> so you need a running back going to next year. I think a lot of it will have to depend on who the offensive, well, who the coach is going to be. Um, and that's going to be an interesting topic because as much as I love Steve Wilkes and I hope that, we all kind of know he's got to go on some sort of win streak, maybe get in the playoffs to even have a shot to get the interim taken off. Well, see, in a weird situation. That's the thing I hate about it because Tepper kind of made it clear like he's got to go on a special sort of run. And, and again, this is that's kind of unfair because of the hand that he was dealt. And he doesn't have the best roster. He doesn't have the best situation. He took over a team when they were one and four. And he's got a fourth string quarterback running the show. So, like, I mean, what do you what do you really expect from him? then? Then you trade Christian McCaffrey, trade Robbie Anderson. To me, I don't. I wouldn't want him to to have that sort of pressure. Like, hey, you got to go on some sort of run to be able to keep this job. If I'm if I'm David Tepper, I'm like, look, Steve, if you can make us improve week by week, and and and, and make a push for the playoffs, it doesn't have to be the playoffs. Let's be competitive. Be competitive and get this thing going in the right direction. I want to see guys that haven't played well or have yet to really make their mark, like a Terrace Marshall or a Chuba Hubbard or maybe some of those other young defensive guys like Etor Gross Matos. Like, if those guys can actually turn the corner, I'm going to be like, you know what? I may I may want to be, keep, be able to keep you around because we know the leader of men that Steve Wilkes is. Like, he is a true leader of men, and I think this locker room is really behind him. And I they think are, they are responding to him. I was worried last week that I was like, maybe that's wearing off, yeah. but th- showing me on a short week on a Thursday in the rain, the way they played last night, they're they're They are locked in. They are playing for coach Wilkes. Like he's got the temperament of a head mm-hmm. coach. Like he just he has. has everything that you would want in a head coach. I, I love the fact that he doesn't tiptoe around answering a question. Like if you ask oh. him a, a question, if he has the answer to it, he's going to tell you, <laughs> he's going to point blank answer the question. He's not going to do the, the Matt rule used car salesman go off on a tangent. You know, I remember when I was a kid, my mama used to blah, blah, like all this stuff. Like, dude, I was just asking you about the left tackle. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like, what do you, what is all this at the end of the day? Blah, 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 blah. We got to look at some film. Like that's literally how he answered every question. And like Wilkes is like a, a, a breath of fresh air in terms of that kind of thing. Um, couple things here. Players in the locker room made it clear. They are playing harder for Wilkes to try to get him a job. Is that intensity sustainable through next year? Yes, actually, I think it is. We've seen it before. Um, I, Me and Stu all last week, we were like, 
trying to pull Panther fans off the ledge because we're like, you got to go back to 2014. That was the last time this kind of happened in this division where every team oh, just I'm wasn't great. Yeah, we we got to the end of November. We were three, eight, and one. Uh, won four straight against three division opponents and somebody else. Finished seven, eight, and one. Won the conf- or won the division. Got in the playoffs. Won a playoff game. And oh, shout out to Marcus Spears at uh, ESPN because he uh, he uh, I forgot what day it was. Now it might be Monday or Tuesday of the week where I was watching Get Up. My normal morning routine. I'm in the living room doing stuff, and I got it on in the back. And I just happened to hear him talking about how the NFC South, and he was like, uh, he was talking about the Panthers. And he was like, like the year the Panthers went six and ten and won the division and lost the playoff game. He's basically trying to make the point that whoever came out here wasn't going to win the Super Bowl. So I tweeted him. I tweeted him during the show, and I was like, uh, "Hey, man, uh, we were seven eight one. We actually won that playoff game, and we still hold the record for least yards allowed in a playoff game ever in that playoff game or whatever." And uh, he literally responded back like. Five minutes later, he had to do it in a commercial break or something because they're live on Get Up. I wouldn't expect him to comment or anything from him. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. And he responded back. He was like, big dog, I'm just joking. I, I don't know exactly what it was, but my point was they weren't going to win the Super Bowl. And I was like, okay, point taken. That's, Fair. yeah, you're, you're right there. <laughs> but but the fact that he actually did it in the middle of like segments or whatever on Get Up, like he had to have been a commercial break, just went through his Twitter and was like, oh, somebody tagged me and then just t- was fired off a response real quick. I thought that was mad cool. So shout out to Marcus Spears. Uh, love what you guys are doing at Get Up and NFL Live and all that stuff over there. Um, real quick here, because we we're going a little short today. Uh, I wanted to talk about the quarterback situation because what's happening now, now you got a crowded room. I've got questions because it feels like something's going to have to be done here soon. Um, Kevin McFarland, thanks for checking us out, dude. Uh, hello, do you think they will start Sam at quarterback against the Ravens? We will need more passing. The running is great. What are your thoughts on this being around the team, Skylar? Is, is it is it still a lock that PJ will be the starter next Sunday? Or because I know it sounds like they want to see Sam with this offense. And I'm sorry, I, I love the fact that PJ kind of came in and was like this kind of bridge band aid type thing for Wilkes in the beginning. But we are not going to win a whole lot of games with him going ten for sixteen for 108 yards. And last week he was three for ten for or I don't even remember and two and two of those 10 were interceptions. Like it, you can only go so far with PJ, I think. And Sam, I don't know how we got here, but <laughs> all of a sudden Sam Darnold's back in the quarterback conversation. I feel like Baker Mayfield has had his last snap for the Carolina Panthers. Give, give me, give me the, the temperature check on the quarterback room. And what are your thoughts on who may end up starting, who may be the backup, uh, who might get cut? Well, you're not going to run for over 200 yards every week, too. Right. So at some point, you're going to have to be able to put the ball in the air. Now, will Sam start against Baltimore? No. They're, they're going to go with P.J. Walker. Um, Steve Wilkes talked about that today. Um, he made it fairly clear that that's what, the, what they were going to do. Now, that doesn't mean that he won't be willing to pull them if things aren't going well. So um, who the backup is going to be? We don't know yet. That's something that they're going to probably look at over the weekend 
talk to the quarterbacks. They want to go with the best, I guess, backup quarterback for that week. So it's it's almost kind of like going back to last year with the starting quarterback situation. Remember, Matt was kind of always kind of keeping it close to the vest and be like, well, we'll kind of take it week to week. It might be Cam. It might not be because of the, the team we're playing, so on and so yes. forth. <laughs> That's the situation with the backup here. It's not necessarily the starter. So PJ will be the starter. The backup situation will kind of depend on the team that they play. If it's a team where, you know, their pass defense may be not as good, then they may lean to one guy over the other. Um, or if they need a more mobile quarterback, you're probably looking at probably Sam being the backup versus Baker because Baker's just obviously not as mobile. So um, it's just going to depend week to week, but they will start P.J. I do believe we will see Sam Darnold at some point because, as I said, you're not going to run for 200 yards every week. You're going to have to throw the ball. And there's a little thing in Baker Mayfield's uh, trade that I don't know if we we covered this or not while I was away, but – if Baker plays over 70% of the offensive snaps, that fifth-round pick turns into a fourth-round pick. And I believe the last I checked, he was at like 60%. That's probably went down a little bit now uh, since he hasn't been playing. But um, I know it's kind of going back and forth and being kind of dicey, you know, being a fourth and fifth-round pick doesn't really matter. When you're a team that's rebuilding, every little bit of those things matter. So if they don't have to play Baker Mayfield, they're not going to. Now, Sam Darnold, I think we w- we will see him. It's just a, it's more of a matter of when rather than if. It um, Does it cost them anything to cut him, Baker Mayfield, at this point? Because that seems to be the thing going uh, around, that he might get cut they, uh, to allow Sam to get some snaps. He does have guaranteed money. I don't remember exactly how much it was. I think it was right around 6 or $8 Because yeah, I know he negotiated that down. And then that, that pick – will automatically be a fourth instead of a fifth. So I I think they'll probably just – if you want my honest opinion, I think they'll keep all three. Okay. Because they I, don't want to give that pick up. They don't want to give dead money more dead money out. So I do, I, I do agree that I think if they wanted to try a different quarterback, they would go to Sam first before Baker. Just yeah. they haven't, We haven't seen Sam in the regular season at all this year. He got hurt in the preseason. So – uh, as much as we've talked about Sam Darnold on this podcast the past year and a half, he did play well when he had a healthy offense around him the first three weeks of the season. He didn't have on either last year. And I think he that was like last year. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, a guy, he's a guy that we, we talked about that, like, he needs to have confidence in himself. And if you have an offensive line, he's going to have more confidence. So I think that that would make for an interesting – man, if, if they get to a point where they go to Sam Darnold and he rips off like four, five wins, <laughs> Uh, Are we going to be talking about re-signing Sam Darnold? Like, <laughs> oh, that's where we're heading. That sounds exactly that just panthering right into the offseason. Panthers well, doing panther things. I, I do want to ask you this, though, and I know we're running short on time, but I wanted to ask you this because I talked about it with some of the, the media guys yesterday. What would happen if the Panthers get into a spot where they they kind of fall out, but they don't fall out enough to get that number one pick? Say they get the number three pick. C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are off the board. Do you take Will Levis at three, or do you go with Will Anderson and make that a, a dynamic pass rushing duo? Because that is a hard – that's a hard prospect to pass up. Mm, um, I think I would – at that point, I might be willing to trade down until later into the top ten. 
because there's other quarterbacks like Anthony Richardson at Florida that's intriguing to me. I don't think the kid at Kentucky deserves to go number three. Um, but you know how that goes with the draft. Like by the time yeah. draft gets here, they're going to push all these quarterbacks up. I, I'm intrigued by Richardson at Florida. Um, what you say? You pass on Anderson. See, that's the thing. Because uh, linebacker is one of those position groups that we kind of need to. You know, can he play middle linebacker? Is that what he plays? He's he's more of an edge. So okay. edge, he he can play a little bit of. But Shaq's getting up their age. Uh, shout out to Shaq too, because he was he was flashing off the screen last night. You could tell he he really wanted that game. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Uh, I've tried to not think that far ahead because I know we're still in season, and we keep reprimanding the Panther fans. They're all like, "Ah, it cost us the third pick of the draft or whatever." I'm like, we're, "We've got eight games to go. <laughs> like, we got half the season." One, like left. one way to think about it is if people are really that nervous about the quarterback spot, and and say that situation does play out where the top two quarterbacks are off the board, and you have the third pick, and you want Will Anderson. Well, Matt Corral's still on the roster, so you still have him on a rookie deal if you want to give him an opportunity. So yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Too. I just I think Will Anderson is I'm telling you this right now is a generational type of pass rusher, and I don't think you can pass on him if he's there. See, the thing is, you got Tepper standing there, and he's watched this front office kind of do this does thing. He go to the table like I want a quarterback. Give me a quarterback. Yeah. If he does, he, then, I don't know. I depend. I guess it really depends on that. And again, it depends on who is the head coach going into that draft and what they want to build because. I've been on record saying that a perfect case scenario, you've got Steve Wilkes as your defensive coordinator going to 2023, and you've backed up a Brinks truck to bring in Jim Harbaugh to be the head coach and to basically give him the same powers you gave Matt Rule. Cause that's why he's not in San Francisco still, because they wouldn't give him complete control over the roster the way he wanted from the look of it and the sound of it. Matt Rule had complete control over the, or, the roster and what they were doing, like philosophy, the way they played offense, the plays, the social media, like everything. He had his finger on everything. I don't think that Harbaugh cares so much about all that. He just wants to be able to help construct his roster. And you've got pieces here. It reminds me of when he arrived in San Francisco, where they had first-round picks scattered throughout the roster, but there was just no cohesion or any kind of culture with all of them. He comes in and immediately takes them to an NFC Championship game because he instills in them, this is who we are, this is what we're going to do. And he fits what the Panthers have done in the past. Run the football, stout defense, heavy on the offense and defensive line. You play it in the trenches. That's Michigan football. That's Jim Harbaugh football. And that's kind of what we've been asking for. You can kind of get by with a game manager quarterback in that kind of system or a guy that's a Colin Kaepernick RPO type of guy that complements the run game. I mean, you can find that second round, third round, and it doesn't necessarily have to be one of the top picks in the draft for that. So it really depends on who they have at head coach. So for now, I can't really answer now, what I would do, I'd probably pick Anderson, to be honest. I'd probably get Anderson. I mean, and, hey, you could probably – I think Jimmy G would be a free agent, wouldn't he? There you go. Yeah, and clearly he's not going to be in San Francisco after this year. Even if he wins a Super Bowl, I don't think that they would give up on Trey Lance because they haven't even really seen him play. So uh, there's other options, I guess. I guess my point is we can only go so far with PJ, and I don't know where that limit is. I think we're going to find out next Sunday when we see the Ravens, because, again, that's probably the toughest team we have left on the schedule. We get past that, PJ's probably starting the rest of the year. And oh, they'll be running the football. And yeah, If they win that game, the- we we may not see Sam Sam or Baker at all. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I just don't think that they would have a way to get – other than injury, it's the only way I could think of they would get out there again. Uh, spectator mode enabled. I really don't want to see Baker take another snap in a Panthers uniform. I don't want that pick to change. 
yeah, I'm I'm kind of cool with. I want to win games. I don't care so much about uh, the draft or draft position or any of that stuff right now. We've been dealing with that really since 2019. Like we're going on year four of you know not being competitive, losing more than we win. I get it. Everyone's in this mentality where they think you got to lose in order to get a high draft pick. It's not the NBA. I say this every week. In the NBA, you can do that. You can you can tank and get one guy as a generational guy, and it turns your whole franchise around. We, you know, Joel Embiid, LeBron James. Like you go down the list, you can do that on a team with twelve guys on it. With a, a football team with fifty three guys on it, one guy probably ain't gonna make that much of a difference. I know you could point like Joe Burrow and the Bengals like last year. But even that, that they were ten and seven going into the playoffs. They just got hot at the end of the year uh, and just played some crazy games against Buffalo and Kansas City to get to the Super Bowl. I, and you see them now; they're at five hundred. Like it, one guy doesn't really do that. So I, I'd say to pause a little bit, Panther Nation, on putting all of your chips in the middle of the table to get a hot draft pick. Why don't we win a division? <laughs> Let's do that and make it so that players that are already established want to come here and play. Uh, that literally, Stu actually mentioned that. I asked him about being on that 7-8-1 and one team, and I asked how it's set up for the next year. And the one thing I remember the takeaway from him was the main thing it did was it it, it made other players around the league want to come sign with us because they saw what we were doing on that run, and it made people want to come over here like vets. They were looking for a chance to do like Peanut Tillman. He signed because he saw what they did in that run. That led to 15-1 and one the next year in the Super Bowl run. So – there's stuff still going on that they can kind of use to their advantage to build this roster going forward. Um, but the answer to your question, I think probably Will Anderson. Uh, I don't trust – what is it, Will Levis? Is that his name? Levis? Yeah. yeah I, don't I saw a video on Twitter of him, like, throwing, like, quick release or whatever. It looked almost video game-like, so I can't tell if it was altered or if it was actually him doing it. He was, like, in a uh, like a practice tent or something. He's just like – and like it looked it looked real but you can't tell online nowadays what's real and, <laughs> and what's not um i don't know and he's from kentucky too i like hendon hooker but i know he's 25 um yeah. and we're probably not gonna see a whole lot of him going forward because tennessee plays like a couple of scrubs the rest of the year uh and they might slip into the playoff but he's from here he's, he went to dudley in greensboro i called some of his high school games a couple years ago uh i like him but is he a top five pick? I don't know. That's some, I would trade down, maybe get him like a 10 or something like that. But um, we'll see. Uh, real quick before we get out here, Stan Goodwin. Keep Wilkes draft defense, roll with Carroll, re-sign Foreman Bozeman. Roll with Carroll. Pete Carroll? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not sure which Carroll he's uh, referring to here. Um, hmm. I agree, sign Bradley Bozeman. Is he on a one-year deal? One yeah, one-year deal. That should be priority. Get Bradley Bozeman on some sort of three, four-year deal because the offensive line has completely changed once he got in the starting lineup. Like, oh, I, I, think, I think Stan I, – I just put two and two together. I think he's meaning uh, Corral. Oh, Corral. Okay, Matt Corral. He is there. Um, second year, he's got a quick release too. That, that's another thing too. Why draft a guy with a quick release from Kentucky when you just drafted one the year before? Okay. Let's be honest. Again, if that situation plays out and you can take him, take Will Anderson, you got Matt Corral. You could potentially bring back Sam Donald on a cheap, very cheap deal, or if you really wanted to, Baker on a really cheap deal. Or, like I said, you can maybe go lure in Jimmy G. Or maybe I'm crazy. <laughs> maybe you can maybe throw a little bit of money at Geno Smith 
come here and kind of be a bridge quarterback to, to Corral or somebody else. And that and that's where we've gotten to, where Geno yeah. Smith has become the savior of franchises across the league. Yeah. What a wild year. Like Man, he's gonna make a lot of money this offseason. He really is. And it's like Geno Smith, really? Like I thought he was people, out of the league. Like people, two are talking, people are talking about him like being the, the comeback player of the year. I mean, hell, if he keeps this up, it'll be MVP talk. He, yeah, like Seattle was supposed to be like rebuilding. They were supposed to win six games all year. No. And they're doing the same thing. They're doing the same thing we've been asking Carolina to do. They're they're playing the sticks. They're not turning the ball over. They're letting the defense do their thing. He's, he's playing better than P.J. Walker is. He's playing like a top oh, five quarterback in the league. And I think he's got the highest completion percentage in the league right now, too. I think he's close like to 80%. or 70 yeah. I mean, it's, it's like video game, like Tecmo Bowl type stuff. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see. Hey, if we're gonna keep talking like this, Lamar Jackson ain't signed either. Yeah, you know, that's true. You're gonna be out there. Is David Tepper? You want to drop 350 million guaranteed on Lamar Jackson? Would Lamar listen to that? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I think. Hey, it's worth a shot. I mean, if you were willing to do, if you're willing to listen to Deshaun Watson with everything going on with him, and and think about giving him that deal. If Lamar's reps came to him tomorrow, or came to David Tepper's people tomorrow, and were like, "Hey, Lamar kind of likes it down there in Charlotte." Um, let's say you give him three hundred twenty-five million dollars guaranteed for what six years or whatever, five years. Like, do you do you bite that? Do you take that? Uh, I don't know if I could get there with that much guaranteed money, but I, I mean, I would, I would, I'd be willing to throw out a, a very lucrative deal, but it wouldn't be that much guaranteed. Maybe like uh three hundred million, and well, what's the big one right now? Uh, who is it? Well, Mahomes well, has Mahomes got the biggest. Million. I think he also has the most guaranteed, right? Yeah, his is like all of it's guaranteed. It's like two hundred and seventy something million, I think, something like that. Mahomes' deal was for four fifty over ten years, but the guaranteed was like was it like one eighty or something like that. And like most of that's paid out by like year five, and then he can re up or something again. So, um, yeah, something along those lines. Like, granted, Baltimore has built their entire team around Lamar Jackson, and like. Say Lamar didn't like that and wants to get out of the AFC or, you know, he wants to get over, do something else. Maybe I'm just planting seeds. I'm just like, well, Lamar Jackson's going to be out there. Why do we got to draft a quarterback? Why don't we just go buy one? You know, you know, you know where <laughs> this, this organization is with the quarterback situation. You know, it's bad when like three weeks ago, Jacob Beeson led the, the team down, down the field and everyone's like, oh, maybe let's give Jacob let's Beeson a shot. <laughs> let's put him in the game. He is no longer on the team. His services are no longer required. He got cut but last week. So, um, man, this is wild. So the Panthers are now a game and a half out of first place in the NFC South in the middle of November, sitting at uh, three and seven. Three and seven. Uh, right now, I think it's was it Atlanta and no, it's Tampa. Tampa's on top of the standings right now, at four and five. Uh, Atlanta's a half game back at four and six. New Orleans is at three and six, and then us at three and seven. So everything's all bunched up together. Every single team in this division has had more points scored against them than points <laughs> <laughs> scored for them. I'm just looking through all four of them, oh, including man. us. We've been outscored by about 40 points so far this year. Uh, Tampa's been outscored by two. So we, we got a weekend where we don't have to worry about the Panthers this weekend. We got a victory Friday. It's gonna relax. Out. Enjoy football for yeah, once. Yeah, man, there's some good stuff's going to be on this weekend. Uh, college basketball is back. Uh, you know, ACC hoops are in action right now. Uh, Carolina and Duke both play Friday night. Uh, and then Friday, I think you got you got a couple of NFL games, uh, Green Bay and Dallas. That's one to look at because Dallas is just doing this. 
and Aaron Rodgers and the, the Packers are doing this. I don't know. He's never lost six straight starts before, and he's on the verge of doing that. Um, you want to talk about guys that maybe regret coming back? He was asked that point blank, too. I was going to message you when I heard that. Some reporter asked him point blank, did he regret coming back and should he have retired? In my head, I was like, that's a weird question to ask somebody at the podium. Like, isn't that awkward to yeah. <laughs> ask a dude? Do you regret coming back and doing this, man? Or you wish you just never did it? Because now he's got to go back to the locker room after he answers that question. He's like, yeah, I wish I should have just retired. Guys bombs. I don't know what I was thinking. I was blinded by the money. And then he's got to go back to the locker room and, and go out there on Tuesday and throw these dudes. Like, I'm sure as a reporter, you hear this all the time in, in these press conferences. Well, someone from the back will just launch a, a stink bomb <laughs> at the podium yep. wait for them to respond. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's like whenever you see um, you know Mason Plumley dri- dribbling the ball up the court and, and maybe taking a jump shot, like he, it's just like man, you, you no. don't be getting, like I I get why certain questions are asked, but like I I'm the type of person like I'm not going to ask the questions that you're not going to get an answer out of, right? Like the Aaron, he's not going to say like, yeah, I wish I would have stayed retired. Like, come on, he's not going to say that. So yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna waste my time, the other reporters' times or the players' time by asking that dumb of a question. Yeah, right? it's just like what are you doing? Like you're just you're just doing that for clickbait or something, or you're just not thinking clearly or whatever. When, whenever somebody asks that question, I don't know, it just made me cringe when I heard it. I mean, like, ah. If you want to ask that, now I don't know how their their post game is set up. I don't know if they can talk to to Aaron one on one in the locker room or not, but I mean that that's more of like a one on one situation, like where if he if he does really want to say yeah I'd be retired you're probably going to get that answer more likely in a one-on-one setting where he doesn't have to worry about who else is hearing that you know what i mean yeah so, yeah that makes sense that makes lots of sense well, um, <laughs> we're just two dudes talking about the pants that's all we're, you know yeah. it is what it is um we'll we will be back next week uh enjoy your victory weekend uh panther nation um you can listen or watch Previous episodes of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast uh, across all major podcast platforms. Go subscribe to the Tobacco Road Sports Radio YouTube channel. You can catch the video feed there. Uh, Follow Tobacco Road on Twitter at Tobacco Radio. The feed is there. And also on Facebook, watch. So if you want to watch the video of it, you can do it there. Audio, Spotify, Google Play, all the the good uh, major platforms forms for podcasts you can catch there just search believe in carolina panthers and it'll pop up there uh for skylar callahan for our homie jonathan stewart who uh will be back with us after next week i'm desmond johnson we'll be back with a preview episode carolina versus uh uh baltimore uh a week from this sunday as the panthers try to get to four and seven on the season and cut into this uh <laughs> cut into this division lead <laughs> so, <laughs> so i don't even know how to process it i'm gonna I just i'm just gonna let it stew and marinate a little bit um maybe stew's right maybe we do get the 10 wins who knows we'll see you guys uh next week keep pounding thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.